Hey, Scott here with Grace Bible Church. Before we get into this message, I just wanted to thank you for streaming this sermon. We pray that each week you are challenged by who God is and what he has done for you. Now, this is never meant to be a substitute for you to be an active member of a community of faith. If you live in the Hollidaysburg area, or if you're in town for any reason, we encourage you to gather with us on Sunday mornings for our word and worship. You can learn more about what God is doing through our church body on our website, gbclive.org. All right, let's rock and roll. So, oh, so the handouts were in the back. Uh, If you didn't get one, you probably want to get one. Um, There's a lot of scripture we're covering today. I mean, a lot. Uh, So we're going to work through it and then we're kind of kind of like rip it apart uh, with questions. And the questions are on the handout, too, um, for you. So if you're already looking at it, you're like, dang, this is a lot of scripture that we're looking at. We're looking at Ezekiel 34, a big chunk of passage. Um, Main idea, though, that's kind of like encompassing everything that we're looking at today looks like. And this is also on the handout throughout scripture. God reveals himself to be the shepherd of his people. God reveals himself to be the shepherd of his people. From God's revelation of himself as shepherd, we learn of his compassion, tenderness, faithfulness, justice, and loving care for every single one of his people. So like one of the the descriptors here is this tenderness idea. And so I just kind of like looked that up a little bit. And that's like the idea of God being affectionate towards his people. So I'm, I'm one that likes affection. And to, to connect the character of God to that idea of how much I desire affection uh, kind of warmed my heart a little bit uh, when I was preparing for this. So hopefully it does the same for you guys. Whew. Yeah. Hey, so the next slide looks just like this slide. I'm just warning you in case we're going to read all through this in case you're like, wait, isn't that the same slide? No, it's a lot of words. Uh, So get cozy. Uh, I'm going to read this to you best I can. This is Ezekiel 34. And we're actually looking at 1 through 20 here, but ultimately getting through verse 24. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, The injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have rolled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. 
Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out of the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the, on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy and I will feed them in justice. Now a little bit of a shift. This is verse 17. And he says, as for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. It is not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and to drink of clear water that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet. And therefore, sorry, and must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad. I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, and I have spoken. So this is a pivotal part in the book of Ezekiel. I'm not overly savvy when it comes to the book of Ezekiel. I mean, I know a little bit more now than I did last week. Uh, but in chapter 33 in Ezekiel, it's a pretty big book. It, it's kind of like a turning point in Ezekiel's prophecy and, it, and it, what Ezekiel was trying to convey to the exiles. So this is, this is even though it says David here, this is post-David. I mean, this is hundreds of years after uh, David was uh, king, and they've already been exiled to Babylon. Um, so what ended up happening then is Jerusalem ended up getting sacked. So most of Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel's prophesying about what's going to happen to Jerusalem, and the, the other exiles weren't really kind of tracking with them. If you want, I could just put it that way. They weren't exactly tracking with what he was saying. And so finally... Somebody came and said, yeah, Jerusalem got sacked. And then all of a sudden, people's attention were like, well, maybe what he's saying is true. So what happens here in chapter 33, right before this chapter, is now the shift is the restoration of God's people. 
So completely different. It was like the tearing down. Now this is like the building up. Okay, and uh, pretty much tracks through the rest of the book of Ezekiel that way. So that's just a little bit of context, Sean, for what's going on here. Um, so now, now that we know that, we can jump into some questions here, knowing that this is God speaking through Ezekiel, restoring a people, and emphasizing on leading them, the leaders in which that's going to transpire. So, question number one. And I even have the verses kind of like locked in here for you guys to, to help you track. Uh, this is verses one through four. What have the shepherds of Israel done? Is that? They're feeding themselves. What's that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what have they not done then? So, with, like, hang on one second. So, with that, did you say that, David? They let their flock be scattered. So, what? So, what do they not do in order for their flock to be scattered? What do they not do to let their flock be scattered? Yeah. So there was no, right? So there was no seeking. What else have they not done? Anybody else? So yeah, they were feeding. They were feeding themselves, like we said earlier. Yeah. So what do you think that means, like, not feeding the sheep? Should we take that literally? What do you guys think that, what, what's this even talking about? I mean, there's, it's talking about being fat, like, you eat fat, like, A little goofy. <laughs> Only one of you can answer, or answer at the same time. That'd be kind of cool. Victory, 
Yeah. So like even you're right, growing and discipling, I mean it's such a big part of their lives. And if it's not being modeled for them, and with them completely being these leaders being completely contrary to that, and actually modeling bad behavior, then you got this person in leadership that are thinking, well, I guess this is what leadership looks like. Yeah. Yeah. About that last line there, you know, it's like they just ignore it, but then the last line says they're not. Right. They're not ignoring it, they're just they're they're not loving it. Yeah. Exactly. It's not exactly like they've just kind of like cast them out. It's there there's totally interaction going on here. Between the leaders and the flock. Hang on one second. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be punctuated in the, in the next couple of slides. I'm really glad you said that now, though. It's like setting the tone. Perfect. I don't know if this is just like a different take on kind of the words I'm seeing on the page here, but. Like when I think of them, you eat the fat ones, you clothe yourself with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, and you don't feed the sheep. So like we need our, we need nourishment, mm -hmm. you know, for everything in our lives. And to, to them, that nourishment came from, you know, you can't teach what you don't know, you can't live out what you don't know. So that starts with a, a nourished knowledge of what scripture says and what God wants you to do. Mm. But you eat the fat ones. So you're punishing the ones who have the knowledge to do what they need to do because they're fat, they're nourished, they're, they have the knowledge of what needs to be done and how they need to live their life. But you're killing them because you're not allowing them to live the way God wants them to live. And that tells the ones who are not knowledgeable on where they need to be, not nourished yet, that's taking nourishment from them too. And that's just kind of like what I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. It's like uh, just an immature view of what leadership is, relying on themselves. Let's go to the next question. This is just uh, verses 5 and 6. So what has happened to the people of Israel as a result? Now, some of these questions are a little redundant, but they're kind of meant to be because I don't know if you're like me, but I'll walk out of a class or a lesson and be like, 
you know, what, what did we talk about again? Or like three hours later, trying to recap. And so we're trying to drive this, this home here through this passage. So what has happened to the people of Israel as a result of what the leadership was previously doing? Scattered. Very good. So verse 5, so they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains on every hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth. So as a result, what happened to the people? Here, verse, what's that? Yes. Fell victim. What else? They were scattered. Right. Yeah, and that's another focus on with Ezekiel is uh, through these passages, God is kind of connecting the rest of the the nations starting to connect the, the, the rest of the world to like uh, what Israel does has ramifications uh, reminding them for what happens in other nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like he even uses this word in verse 6. says, they wandered over all the mountains on every high hill. Um, with, so like this feeling of they didn't know which way was up, where, was, where they could find safety, if it even existed. So the people are scattered as a result of lack of leadership or good leadership. Yeah. Right. Mark. So maybe like without purpose. Anybody else? Dar? The other thing about being scattered is you sort of create <coughs> power. People have power in groups of people, and so by scattering them, their power is power is pretty much decimated, so they can stand together as a people. Yeah, like they're on an island, yeah. or quarantined in their house for three months. <laughs> Poor Daryl. 
All right, we're going to move on. Uh, this is verses 7 through 10. Now, I really like a couple of these next couple questions. Not that I hated the other ones, but this is setting, this is kind of looking at God's attitude. So what is God's attitude towards the shepherds? And then we'll, we'll look at what is he going to do with them? But what is his attitude towards them? This is verses 7 through 10. He's against them. So, Considering he's against them, what is God going to do with them? Yeah. At least for the time being. He's going to stop them. Like, I like how there's there starts to be the shift shift of I'm going to relieve you of your duty. It's not just I'm going to stop you. Like I'm going to re- actually relieve you of your irresponsibility to do this. So they did have responsibility at one point. Was that? That's that's solid. Yeah. So he's So what is God doing with them? He's he's holding them accountable. That's what she said. So like don't mock me. <coughs> um like there's consequences for their actions. Right? It's not like, "Ah, oh, you gave it your all." All right, I gave you this responsibility pretty clear my character and how you should have led these people and you completely disregarded that and there's consequences Yeah. 
I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> I don't want to spoil. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. So we're going to look at verses 11 through 16. This, and the question being, what are all the different things that God promises to do for his sheep? So he's going like mama bear, papa bear mode, kind of like what Brian was kind of talking about there. Like seeing that his people were, were actually getting preyed upon and allowing them to get preyed upon by these quote-unquote shepherds, God is not okay with that. And voices that here in uh, 11 through 16 on how he is going to proceed with leading and shepherding his people. So what are some of like the different things that God promises in this passage, promises to do for his sheep, for this flock, for these exiles? Good. Hmm. So there's going to be, that's a huge theme. So there's going to be. Okay. Good. Give strength. What's that? Oh, yeah. It's kind of hard to rest when you're being preyed upon. What was that? In verse 15, it says, Now I am. Yes. God can feed people in justice. I mean, that's awesome. Okay. What's your name, sir? Eric. Eric? Go ahead. Hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. So again, that kind of goes back to the consequence 
like idea like there is going to be consequences for the way that they've been treated I like that Yeah, I like that. So now there's this idea of refuge where there once was none. And if it was, it was probably fleeting. It wasn't like a consistent um, refuge or shelter. <coughs> now it's a lot of verses. Is there anything else? You can see here the different things that God promises to do for his people. And we can't overlook the fact that this is God making a promise, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you look earlier on in the chapter when he's saying you weren't doing this, remember we said what they weren't doing, and you weren't doing that, and you weren't doing that, he pretty much lays it out word for word. You know, um, yeah, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will myself will make them lay down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost where they weren't, and I will bring back the strayed where they weren't. I will bind up the injured where they weren't. Right? Ugh. And I will strengthen the weak where they weren't. Go ahead. I like where he announces it through Ezekiel before he does it. Yeah. Good call, man. Yeah. So remember, this is prophecy, right? Love how God works through prophecy. Maybe we don't. People are leaving, so that usually means like, okay, gotta go, gotta get cruising here. <laughs> So, verses 15 and 16, what does God's promise to seek the lost, bring back the strayed, and strengthen the weak reveal about his character? So another character question here, God's character. So the fact we just looked at, he does promise to do, to seek the lost, bring back strayed, uh, strengthen the weak. What does that say about God? Look at specifically verses 15 and 16, still in chapter 34 of Ezekiel. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. He loves his flock, right? Hmm. Love that. Oh, yeah. God is not impotent. He's totally in control, has power, and he has the ability. He's able. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, or like a reorientation, kind of, or a reminder. Yeah. And then he steps in here, his sheep. We're not, we're not that shepherd's sheep. We're his sheep. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I'm jumping ahead. No, no, no. You're. <laughs> I'm trying to 
friends and us just like recently within the last month just yeah. going through John 10. I'm sure you're going to be going through that soon. But like that just proves <laughs> I don't have a sheet. Is it on there? <laughs> um, yep. But that just shows that we're his sheep. We're not that shepherd sheep. That shepherd is a hireling. Yeah, no, you're right. And I'm glad God speaks to you guys in that way when you're with your, you know, putting those correlations together through Scripture, understanding who Jesus is, who God is in that capacity. That's what this, this week, this lesson is, is all about, is if we don't understand God as our shepherd, and if they don't understand that God as our shepherd and are looking to other sh- shepherds, like other people to satisfy what only God can do, then you got your wires crossed. And God is trying to uncross the crappy wires, you know, that um, that the these crappy leaders kind of screwed up and is reorienting their hearts back to him. So whom, before we get to John 10, <laughs> verses 22 and 24, whom does God promise to set over up over his flock when he rescues them? This is verses 22 through 24. David, David's butt. What? <laughs> David, but it's not David? David's descendant. Ah, okay. Yeah, wise. Yeah, it's David's descent. It's the line of David. Anybody want to guess who that is? <laughs> huh? I will give one million internets to the person that answers this question. Anybody? Okay. We got Jesus. He's in the house, people. That is huge, like huge for us, right? Been talking about all these crazy exile people. They are able to look ahead to Jesus. We're able to look back on who Jesus was and who he is in our hearts. Like it's just huge. And talk about shepherds without talking about Jesus. I mean, crazy, Tyler says. John 10, 11 through 15. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and read 11 through 15 for us. I'm a good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He is a hired hand and is not a shepherd. It is, and not a shepherd. Mm-hmm. He does not own the sheep. Sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for his sheep. I am a good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for his sheep. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, we were talking about some of these questions revealing God's character. And I simply love God's character exposed in Jesus. Like, the words he uses, the actions, even the thoughts that he has that we'll look here in the next passage, uh, next uh, couple passages. But look how he says that I am the good shepherd. And then explains the parameters of what a good shepherd looks like. And it's not like an exhaustive list, really. I mean, because if you look at what Jesus says, the fact that he lays down his life for his sheep, for his flock, and then down here again says, and I lay down my life for the sheep, 
you have to kind of make that connection that if he's willing to do that, he's probably willing to help them out if they're injured. He's probably willing to help them out if they're struggling. If he's willing to lay his life down for them. He's not okay with them being scattered. He's not okay when wolves snatch them up, right? He's saying that's if somebody's guarding the flock, that's, that's somebody that has no investment in them if they're allowing them to be preyed upon or to be scattered. Isn't it cool that David started out to be a shepherd before he became a king? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Moses, for that matter. You know, there's a lot of correlation between Moses, too. So we got a truck. We got two more. Uh, so, so we're looking at three different gospel passages as you have in your hand out there. So this is Luke 15, 4 through 6. Jesus says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the, the, the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. So we're going to look at... So this is the opposite of the, an attitude oriented around selfishness and what I want as a, as a leader. This is full-on focus for the, the lost, for those people that are struggling. This is Matthew 9, 35 through 37. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. But when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Why? Because they were harassed and they were helpless, like Mark was saying earlier. Like they were hopeless, right? Like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plenty, is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So like application here can look like, look at Jesus. Like look at his character. Look at his M.O. when it comes to his flock. If we're in the, in the middle of seeking a leader you're not going to find one better than Jesus, I'm just saying. But you should have somebody that is seeking after this sort of characteristic. This kind of love. This kind of selflessness. So if that's not even our barometer for leading, like what leading looks like in a church, I would, send, I would say spend more time looking at who Jesus is in prayer that God would reveal who Jesus is to you or else you won't have the proper discernment to know if a leader is good or not. They'll just check your boxes off. While we are unhealthy through that whole entire process. We don't want that. We want a leader like this. The main idea was throughout scripture, God reveals himself to be the shepherd of his people. From God's revelation of himself as shepherd, we learn of his compassion, tenderness, faithfulness, justice, and loving care for every single one of his people. 
Like Jesus said, come to me who are who labor and are heavy laden. I want to give you rest. So I pray that God would allow us to see him in that light. That we would seek him for rest, not men apart from God. But God's got to be first, guys. Jesus has to be first. Or else we're off kilter. We have no gauge. So God is a shepherd. 